following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. How many of you find that sometimes you're not sure what he just said? Okay, see, I want you to see he's got his hand up. So basically what we're saying, if sometimes you don't know what he said, neither does he. Okay, and, and I, that's somewhat jokingly, but here's the thing about prophetic ministry. It is not head to head, it's spirit to spirit. Someone thanked me yesterday during a t- time of transition uh, that I said something between the transition from worship to the word, and they thanked me for it and said that really ministered to me. But here's the deal. Neither of us could remember what I said. But see, it didn't matter because it wasn't head to head. It was heart to heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it is with prophetic ministry. So I encourage you, some of us need to listen to the messages that he taught again. He's been very transparent with us in saying, you know, I'm just feeling my way along in this. That is the flow of prophetic ministry. How many of you have gotten a prophetic word and it's like, i got to listen to that because I don't really know what he said. And you need to know he doesn't. By that I mean it's just what it's the word that bubbles up. It isn't like it's out of the mind. It's out of the spirit. And it is received by the spirit. Jesus said it this way. Um. The words that I speak are spirit and life. The flesh profits nothing. The scripture exhorts us to compare spiritual things to spiritual things. So I say all that to say, recognize that there's an impartation that's taking place that we don't always capture with our head immediately. But it is from the heart of God, uh, through the heart of a person, to the heart of a person. Amen? And so don't feel like you don't get it if you don't get it. You will get it. We will get it. Amen? Because of the faithfulness of God. We, here's, the, here, here's the one thing we forget. We've got a Holy Spirit that is at work in us to help us get it. Amen? just good for us to understand that because sometimes I can think I think we feel like we're the only ones in the room that didn't quite know what was just spoken you're not but that is that is the nature of the prophetic flowing uh, a little bit walking on water with words but understanding that it comes from the place of the spirit and it will land in the place of the spirit so Alan with that Now that we've established you don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) come on up. (laughs) Amen. Give him a hand. (laughs) Amen. It's such a liberty to not know what you're talking about, believe me. 
But to add a footnote to everything Bob said, and I totally agree with everything Bob said, the prophetic is best interpreted by divine interpretation. When we interpret the prophetic out of our natural minds, we get it wrong. We think it's the end of the story, when in truth, when a prophetic word is spoken, it's only seeds that will germinate in your life as part of God's story. There should be an immediate resonance. It should not grieve you or cause you any deep sense of discomfort or embarrassment. But the prophetic word, the true prophetic word, carries the very substance of God. And we get the language from that. It's phases of life when we are aware of the Holy Spirit emphasizing something in our lives. Very often the prophetic word has alerted us to that. Please transcribe prophecies past and present and have your own notebook full of typewritten personal prophecies. And then do a commentary alongside the, the prophetic words, things you're praying into. Give your closest friends copies of the transcription. They'll see things in you that you cannot see in yourself. And please keep talking to your wonderful pastors about prophetic words given, past and present, that we can get into a prophetic river together. It's been so good to be here over the last few days. I'm now seeing a prophetic consistency in how we have journeyed together. Beginning really at the intercessors meeting on Thursday morning, where I really felt the word for the intercessors was perceive, receive and steward. Perceive what the Lord is saying, receive that into your spirit and then steward that which is alive and overflowing. Thursday night at the pastor's meeting, we looked at inviting his presence every day. And that began to unlock some themes for the weekend that we are called to participate in the body of Christ as prophetic people in a meaningful way, never in a ministry-driven kind of way. I said it over the weekend, I will say it again. Beware of those who come from the outside with a drivenness to minister to you or to minister to this wonderful church. We're part of a local body for a reason. It means we participate at a number of levels. And when appropriate, when appropriate, we're part of the prophetic river in a local church. Then last night, last night we started to unpack different ways we can expect to hear the word of God in this new millennium. And tonight, as we seek to wrap up, and I'm aiming for 30 quick minutes starting now, I know many of you have got uh, work to go to in the morning and want to get an early night. Thank you for coming out all weekend and being so faithful to the meetings. As I wrap up t 
tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit is giving you and I permission to relate to the Lord differently in this millennium and to each other differently in this millennium. We're still at a level of perceiving, attempting to perceive what the Holy Spirit's saying to the church. And in the receiving, we will begin a journey of transformation. And then out of that, we will be stewarding that which the Lord has given to us. As I thought more deeply about the prophetic in recent years, especially during the pandemic, it seems from the book of Acts forward, the Holy Spirit has worked in similar ways through the people of God with scriptural graces. But in every generation that lands on you and I, where we feel like we're the only person that's ever kind of walked this way, I'm sure the Lord smiles at you and I as a loving heavenly father. Do you know our father in heaven loves to smile over us? When it comes to prophecy time in about 30 minutes, he gets an opportunity to brag over us. But tonight, as we wrap up our weekend together, we're going to think again of what it means to progress prophetically. What does it mean to be progressively prophetic when it lands on our hearts and then we seek a way forward? Everything we are, everything we do comes from our spirit man. Our spirit man is who we really are. That's a part of us that has a first class ticket in the transition from earth to heaven. I hope they serve good coffee in that transition. <laughs> and in many ways, progressively prophetic will be a reflection on how we grow in our inner man. The growth of our inner man is so important. First of all, the circumstances of our lives determine where we grow prophetically. There are some contemplatives in the room. Spiritual disciplines, not in a hurried manner, but in a slow, contemplative manner, can really grow our inner man. And of course, fundamentally, our walk as spiritual people is all about Jesus and truth. For truth is a person. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the truth. But we're called to grow in a spirit man. I used to think if I tried to behave better, it would be evidence I had fruit of the spirit in my life. But fruit of the spirit is something the Holy Spirit grows from our spirits, not from our minds not from our emotions, not from our elbows, but from our spirits. But in the human experience, I'm looking at human beings tonight. You're looking at a human being tonight. 
But we're not human beings on a spiritual journey. We are spiritual beings on a human journey. Who we are in our renewed spirits, well, it will take us all of eternity to unpack that. But we are called to be a people of increase in our human spirits. There's a Greek word, oxano. That sounds like food. I feel hungry. Oxano, that basically says natural increase or growth that takes place when something that has life functions. Narrowed down to shorthand, when a spirit begins to function, we're candidates to increase. We're candidates to grow. I've come to believe over the years that most of the spiritual growth in our lives we are unaware of until there's breakthrough, until there's manifestation. I didn't know and you didn't know, but the Lord was preparing us for the moment we were born into this world. Some of us didn't have the best of growing up decades, but there was the Lord knowing how we were going to turn out, knowing exactly what he was planning to do in you and I. Outcomes of all the processes of our lives, outcomes of growth is always freedom. Evidence of God at work in our lives is all about the freedom we are living in. For we know that famous verse in John 8, 32. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you a Baptist. <laughs> Try again. Will you help me out this time? You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Yay. We're singing from the same Baptist hymn sheet. Hallelujah. The world right now doesn't need resolution to the war in Ukraine, the mystery of coronavirus, the political instability globally. The world right now doesn't need a super economist to balance out and equalize all our economies. The world system right now only needs truth. And that will fix the problem. Hasn't truth addressed our lives wonderfully well over the decades, matured us when we were grossly immature. As prophetic people, in various stages of disrepair or advancing tonight, I want you to know this, and it's something uh, an Assemblies of God pastor gave to me, a very good quality national leader of AOGGB, I'll name him Aaron Richardson from Devon in southwest England. He prophesied over me, and he doesn't know what I do. I don't tell people what I do in Assemblies of God. I like to travel incognito. <laughs> they look at me, put their hand on their hip and say, when was it you got out of prison? <laughs> but anyway, this man didn't really know me at all, and he said, the Lord told me to tell you, you have powerful batteries in your spirit. And I liked that. 
Because I had been very busy around the UK, weddings, different things, now I'm in Harrogate. I felt like a dog's dinner microwaved. I was kind of standing there when this word was given. But I thought, yeah, I've got powerful batteries in my spirit. Yeah. Come on then. Come on. Not only are they powerful, they're Duracell. And you have powerful batteries in your spirit. Very, very powerful batteries in your spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit is extending this invitation tonight to say, come to me and let's grow together. Let's grow. Let's grow your inner man because it brings me great pleasure. And of course, growth in the inner man ultimately is all about growing in our relationship with the Lord. All of my days I've wanted to grow in leadership with the Lord. All of my days I've wanted to grow in that relationship. And the harder I try, the more I fail. It would say at the bottom of my report card, tries too hard. He should chill. Take a pill and chill. Signed, HS. Brackets, nothing addictive. We grow in the Holy Spirit as part of our journey. And here's some markers that will really help us grow in our spirits. One, and I've been wrestling with some things, even on this trip, retrospective revelation, to see what the Lord did in very hard seasons. Who he was, I still carry scars, but not wide open wounds of the most horrible things so-called godly men have done to me. Not many, but the heart did go very deep. Retrospective revelation. I'm pressing in now as a work in progress. There's always that point of we know what the Lord did and when. Relational bridges from glory to glory, marking where we were at the beginning of our journey, some things that happened, that in spite of ourselves, took us to a new level of glory. You might be in a relational bridge with the Lord tonight. There's all kinds of things going on in your life. I speak especially to anyone here who feels angry with the Lord because of what you're going through, or feels disappointed with the Lord because you cannot see any resolution. So keep over the bridge. Keep going over the bridge for another level of glory is in your future. And then there's a relational shift beyond our circumstances. Shifts in relationships with ourselves when suddenly there's a fracture in our own souls and we don't quite know who we are anymore. Shifts people we're close to and we're suddenly aware of them being at a distance from us. And more dramatically, but necessary, a shift in the relationship with God, where we related to him comfortably, but it's like he's not there anymore. We're like Adam in the garden, hiding, saying, Lord, 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 but be of good courage. Those relational shifts are always a catalyst to growth. Sometimes friendships need a sabbatical. Sometimes friendships 
need to come to an end. If you're dealing with a Christian myth or more like a religious myth in your mind that you need to be good friends with everybody, give that myth up for Lent and never take it up again. We can't be close friends and close to everybody. We can be friendly to everybody, but we don't need to go on holiday with everybody. Sometimes along the way, we need a crisis of life or a crisis of faith. Every believer needs at least one crisis of faith to get us on the right track, to grow us out of baby mindsets regarding the the Christian faith, crisis of calling. I've had several across my 30, oh my goodness, I'm not going to tell you, you'll think I'm old. Um, 1986, I started ministering, so that's a long time ago, isn't it? Oh my goodness, what's that, about 37 years? Goodness, am I that old? Oh me, oh my. Yeah, crisis of ministry, crisis of calling along the way, times in the wilderness, times if someone were to say to me, where are you at in God? Where are you at in calling? I would have said, I haven't a clue. And that would have been the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But even the vulnerability that grew in me had great kingdom value in connecting me with tomorrow people who are going to become today people. In so many ways, what we work through in this life is nothing other than the Lord creating needs in us, in you and I, that only he can fulfill. You might be thinking, well, surely that's manipulation. Not at all. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to the Lord. And he can do anything he wants with you and I. But everything he does is motivated by his love and to conform us into the image of his son. There's things in life we never, underst- never fully understand. But I do understand this, the goodness of God. Surely I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And we do time and time and time again. As we settle down, And are seeking our own spirits right now. We're seeking where we're really at relationally with the Lord. We could be looking in the wrong place. We could be becoming bibliophiles and studying the word more. I encourage reading and studying the Bible. But it's often trying to put an elastoplast over a gaping wound in our arm. Reading more devotionals. Going to Christian conferences, maybe I will find the Lord there. Maybe he will accelerate my journey there. But as we're talking tonight about our human spirits, and your spirits are made of the same substance that God is. God is light. Your spirits are made of light. Personally, I believe all the spirits are absolutely enormous and are deeper than the Atlantic Ocean. But we have lived in an era where we've become more aware of our human spirits, but we only have limited understanding in the Bible. But there's a hint 
that beyond that limited understanding, there's a depth of knowledge that perhaps we're not ready to hear. So it's an easy statement tonight. Are you willing to invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life and relate to you differently? Are you willing to embrace that as part of the progressively prophetic journey? Of course you are. I am. But we're looking in our spirits tonight. We're going to audit the work of grace in our spirits tonight. I say this cautiously, but don't go into your spirits and look for all the things that are wrong in your spirits. Don't become introverted and morbid and make up a new age perspective just because it's Monday tomorrow. I'm looking for the work of grace. And I believe the five brief points that I'm about to elucidate, well, I believe you'll have at least two of those points. Very alive in your spirit, not knowing it was God that created this conviction and need in the process. The most godly people in the world are the most needy people in the world because we grow in grace by virtue of our neediness and our brokenness. The most godless people in the world are people who are incredibly arrogant, self-confident, and say it's Monday, let me at them. So we are of the needy, broken variety. One thing we've learned as we start to get up there, humility comes because of what life has done to us and experiences we've gone through. Humility is always a very wise option. Humility gives us longevity as believers and longevity in ministry. The world loves humble people. They really do. It means they'll love you and I because whilst we are unaware of the humility levels that we walk in, the people around us perceive a humility that only the Lord could bring to you and I. So as we seek to wrap up our conference, five quick bullet points. And please, if you're serious about growing in your relationship with the Holy Spirit and watching your spirit man grow in the grace of God, these are catalysts. Number one, longing for significance. You know you were born to do something special. You carry that sense of uniqueness. You may be trapped by your circumstances right now, but there's a longing in you for significance. Surely that's pride. Absolutely not. It's the growth word. It's that which is already functioning in us that is seeking to grow, to grow in our significance with God and with man. Another one, and this is the no-brainer, longing to love and be loved. The loneliest people in the world need someone like you and I who know how to love and be loved. I've always found it very painful when I help someone who's broken and never received much kindness in their lives 
and they gush their thanks all over you. It's nice to be appreciated, but I feel their pain. I really feel their pain when that begins to happen. Longing to love, to be loved. Longing to love God. Longing to be loved by God. Longing for a deep and fundamental change in our lives. We know about holiness. We know about sanctification. We know about righteousness. But significant depth and fundamental change, I think, happens slowly over long seasons. And when it's ended, we're unaware of it. But the people around us are very aware of the changes. Is there something in you tonight crying out for a deep and fundamental change? This is evidence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, longing for a life that works. Much of our Christian faith has come under the spotlight in this transition season from a century of Pentecost and charismatic truths into a period of transition from about 2007 onwards. We're now picking up that new frequency. We're aware of the new being closer than ever. But what's happened in the transition is it has exposed dysfunctional Christianity. At times maybe even exposed their own self-efforts as we attempt to walk accurately before God and man. And yes, for some of those moments of faith crisis along the way, this isn't working. Have you got to that place at any time in your history? My Christian faith isn't working. When that happens, it's a good moment because you've been honest before God and honest with yourself. Pseudo-Christianity is a massive barrier to being honest with ourselves. Our faith is meant to be functional. We're called to live in a life of Christian excellence, to demonstrate to the world around us that this works. This actually works. Salvation is for the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. And we are transitioning now from dysfunctional Christianity that's crept into all of those three areas with the associated religious guilt that accompanies the dysfunction. And we're discovering a fresh, a life that works. There's something so powerful about being honest before God and honest with yourself. Not adopting a worm theology where we tear ourselves down, but adopting a mindset that focuses on the resurrection power of Christ Jesus as our objective, but interacting with the Lord in a brutally honest way. And finally, longing to connect in a profound way with the Lord and others. That longing that will just not go away no matter, no matter how hard you try. 
a great sign the Holy Spirit is at work. The moments when we can concentrate and know we are really connecting with the Lord and connecting with others. We should never really have more than a handful of people we have enormous connection with. Our central nervous systems couldn't take any more. But we should have relationships, like concentric circles, the little circle in the middle, your inner circle friends, that really you trust with your life. The next concentric circle, there's a lot of friends in there, good friends. They do good things for you, you do good things for them, and you trust them, you really do trust them. Then the next concentric circle that's even bigger, full of acquaintances, to people that are on nodding terms, you're on nodding terms with an occasional coffee and an occasional conversation. Maybe over, uh, maybe in the cafe of the church, once every year or two, but lo and behold, it lasts half an hour. But this longing deepens the older we get. For everything the kingdom of heaven establishes in our lives is ultimately what happens in the vertical relationship and our horizontal relationships. I said earlier in the weekend that Christianity is an education in itself. Most of us would have not had high education when we came to the faith. My previous religion, Scottish heathen, never sent me to college. I think I was one of the leaders in that movement. But being a Christian is an education in itself. But it also makes us philosophers. For part of being a believer is looking at the ways of man. I've known a number of people that have sacrificed their lives and their family at the altar of ministry and are nowhere today. No friends, no ministry, no reputation. We never gloat at the misfortunes of others, but we can learn vicariously. We can be a solution to the problems in some cases, but we can continue to learn about the consequences of bad choices that others have made. Just watching on a philosophical basis the very journey. My simple prayer in closing off the weekend, because I never put law, the burden of the law on anyone. Where you're at with all of these internal longings, Tonight is between you and the Holy Spirit. But if you feel your Christian life isn't working and you're trying hard and you're doing all the right things, well, let me encourage you to hit the pause button and think deeply about what we have learned tonight and organize your relationship with the Lord and your friends and the people around your lives, the vocation or job you're in, around those growth factors. I gave three at the beginning and then five at the end. A lot of information. Give up everything else.
for a few days. You can read the Bible when God isn't looking. But this can fundamentally change the nature, tone, and experience of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, the Lord is building a foundation in you and I that we're people of the present, but many of us will be people of the future. The generation that arises in a crisis is the generation that brings the power of God to the future. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. May they be part of your inheritance promises. As a progressively prophetic people, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. I like that. No law. We've received Christ Jesus. We've walked in him. We've been rooted in him. And now it's time for us to be built up in him and established in a faith. Not as an intellectual exercise. Not to show we are good believers. But a progressively prophetic people are a people in preparation. If you're especially hungry, read elements of church history. For many generations have been a generation in waiting before the new broke out on the earth. Before Pentecost hit the church in 1906, Christianity was bad news going somewhere to happen. It was all law. If you don't drink, dance, spit or chew or hang around with those who do, you're a good Christian. But the law crushes. The letter of the law crushes and makes us miserable. But the Spirit gives life. What I've shared with you over the weekend, I believe is, I believe is far from all conclusive, but it's markers, it's pointers, it's arrows into what we are part of as a much wider generation in the United States of America. I've said repeatedly, I'm only feeling my way into this because I've been a prophet a long time. I've lived through the blessing movement, building movement. Now we're at a point of consolidation. It's much more in who you are as a congregation rather than one anointed person with a top-level gifting. Our old mindsets are being stripped away and the Lord hasn't even asked our permission to do so. He must have a God complex or something. But that's the problem. God really believes he's God. When all is said and done, he believes he is God. And he has fun with you and I. He doesn't mind the things I say because he hasn't struck me down dead yet with a thunderbolt. But when we get together as a church, we do a lot of laughing together, but we get down to kingdom business as well. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.